You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking Rates and Lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rico Mohammed coming to you live from Augusta, Georgia tonight. I want to thank everybody for taking times out of their busy schedule to uh, be here with us tonight. Hopefully we have an action-packed show for you guys tonight. Uh, as always, we welcome your participation. Our special guest, Chuck Snow, will be joining us here momentarily. Chuck, if you're on the line, you can go ahead and press the number one. We'll try to get you go ahead and get you set up and get you plugged in. And as we normally start out, Tonight, we were going to take a look at the USDA truck rate report from uh, the USDA, of course, and we have shortages being reported in a couple of different markets, southeast Missouri, melons are being reported. Uh, Coming out of that area, there's a tremendous shortage in that area for trucks, southwest Indiana, southeast Illinois, same scenario there, tremendous shortage of trucks there to move melons out of those uh, two respective markets. And those are the only areas as far as bright spots on the report that you can find. Every other market is either reporting adequate, uh, and we got a few markets that are showing slight surpluses. Those are places that you might want to avoid if you're trying to move any type of produce or um, fruits and vegetables. Those markets are southeast New Mexico, Mexico crossing through Texas, Laredo. I was just down there this previous weekend, and it is kind of bad down there. Uh, Texas altogether, Columbia Basin, Washington. Those four particular markets are showing that they are at a slight surplus. And places that you want to avoid outright, Mexico crossing through Nogales, Arizona, showing a glut of trucks in that area, and Big Lake in central Minnesota, showing a surplus in those areas. I will post a link of this report up on the Facebook page, Rates and Lanes, so if you want to take some time to go back and review, there's a lot more information on this report that we really don't get a chance to touch on here on the podcast, but we'll put it up there for your viewing pleasure if you want to go to the uh, Race and Lanes Facebook page and check it out. It will be available for you over there momentarily. And this week's DAT trend lines report uh, we have for the week of July 31st through August 6th. Prices held steady for vans and reefers on the spot market despite falling fuel surcharges, while the national flatbed rate added one cents per mile, load availability slipped, but reefer demand was up, and back-to-school grocery season coincides with late summer harvests. So let's take on the trend lines report, and let's check out to see how the U.S. van demand and capacity report was coming along for the previous week. Van load postings decreased by 2% last week, while truck posts fell steady. That caused the load-to-truck ratio to dip by 2%, down from 2.8, dropping to 2.7 loads per truck. 
the national average fan rate was unchanged compared to the previous week. Also, fuel prices dropped by 1.3% down to a national average of $2.32 on the uh, national average diesel price. Moving in and looking at the rates for the previous week of July 31st through August 6th, the national average for van rates fell steady at $1.64 per mile last week. As the line haul rate rose to offset a one cent drop in the average fuel surcharge, outbound rates increased in the Chicago and Buffalo markets, but continued to decline in the Atlanta markets. So, taking a look around the country by the uh, respective region, beginning in the northeastern corridor, we have an average rate for dry vans moving on the spot market coming out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, $0.59 cents per mile. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, Atlanta, Georgia checks in, showing average rates for dry vans on the spot market at $1.87 cents per mile. Moving into the Midwest, Chicago, Illinois checks in, showing an average rate for uh, dry vans at $1.92 cents per mile. Down into the south-central portion of the United States, Dallas, Texas is the representative city showing an average rate on the spot market for dry vans at $1.55 per mile. And moving out west on the left coast, the city of Angels, Los Angeles, California checks in, setting the benchmark for dry vans on the spot market at $2.12 per mile. Moving right along over into the flatbed demand and capacity portion of this report, for the week of July 31st through August 6th, flatbed load postings declined by 10% last week, while truck postings increased by 1%. That caused the load-to-truck ratio to fall 11% from 14.4 loads per truck down to 12.8 loads per truck. The national average flatbed rate increased by one cents per mile week over week. Taking a look at how the uh, rates performed for flatbeds over the previous week, national average flatbed rates increased by one cents per mile last week, up to a dollar ninety-three cents per mile, despite a one cents drop in the average fuel surcharge. Taking a look around the country to give you some perspective on the rates in each region, starting out in the northeastern portion of the United States. We have Harrisburg checking in, actually setting the benchmark for flatbeds at $2.82 per mile on average on the spot market. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, Atlanta, Georgia checks in, showing average rates for flatbeds at $2.13 per mile. Moving into the Midwestern portion of the United States, Rock Island, Illinois, checks in showing average rates for flatbeds at $2.14 per mile. Down in the South Central portion of the United States, Houston, Texas, showing $2.06 per mile for flatbeds. And moving out west, Phoenix, Arizona, checking in showing an average rate on the spot market for flatbeds, checking in at $1.73 per mile. Moving right along over into the reefer portion of the DAT trend line report, July 31st through August 6th, 
Reefer load postings increased by 4% last week, while truck posts held steady. This resulted in a 4% increase in the load-to-truck ratio from 5.1 up to 5.3 loads per truck. The national average spot market rate for reefers was unchanged week over week. So let's jump in to see exactly what kind of movement were there throughout the region because the national average reefer rate held steady at $1.93 per mile on average. Uh, the line haul portion added $0.01 cents per mile, which was offset by a $0.01 cents decrease by the fuel surcharge. So looking in by region up in the northeastern portion of the United States, we have Elizabeth, New Jersey, checking in, showing average spot market rates of $1.80 per mile. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, Lakeland, Florida checks in, showing average rates for reefers at $1.23 per mile. Up into the Midwestern portion of the United States, Green Bay, Wisconsin checks in, setting the benchmark at $2.47 per mile for spot market rates for reefers. Coming out of the south-central portion of the United States, McAllen, Texas, showing an average spot market rate for reefers at $1.74 per mile. And rounding out the report, Fresno, California, the west coast portion of the report, showing average rates at $1.95 per mile coming out of the west coast portion. Again, just like the the, um, USDA truck rate report, I will post a link up for this report as well up on the Racing Mile uh, Facebook page, so Racing Lane's Facebook page, so you can go over there and check that report out as well. And rounding out our little intro for the show to the, uh, tonight, getting to the one of the popular segments of the show that we kind of picked up on, the credit alerts, the, I call it the good, the bad, and the ugly broker report. Uh, by this time, hopefully everyone is well aware of Network FOB. The brokerage company is, is having all kind of problems. Uh, hopefully, um, you're not still getting bamboozled and, and, and taken advantage of by those guys. But we got three new entrants onto the list as of this week. And the first one to make the debut on the list is uh, Fresh Express Logistics, Inc. Their MC number is 91 excuse me, 931-324. That's 931-324. They have over $26,000 in non-payment complaints that have been reported on them. The next one to make the debut on the list is TMT Logistics, Inc. and TMT, Inc. MC number is 387-917. Surety bond is canceled. Over $13,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. And the last one to make the list this week is Overland Express LLC, MC number 515790, over $7,000 in non-payment complaints reported. Goodness, uh, it's not a huge, huge list this week. We just had those three to make a debut on the uh, on the list as of this week. And let's see here. Check and make sure. Yes, we do have them up and on board. Let's grab Mr. Chuck Snow. Chuck. Hey, Rico. 
How are you doing? We're good. How you doing, buddy? I am. I couldn't be better. I'll tell you, if it, if it got any better, I couldn't stand it. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. So what's been going on new with you guys up there above the border there? Well, got big news. Uh, we just opened up our office in downtown Toronto. We just opened up a sales office um, right in the downtown core. Uh, last Thursday morning was our grand opening, our ribbon-cutting ceremony. Uh, and that's our wow. next big step towards growth. It's it's a basically a total sales office, but it gets us uh, gets us back to our roots because that's where we originally started from way way back. Um, was kind of we had a small asset based company that we uh, and then we ruled traffics out of that, and that was all done downtown. That's where I'm from originally as a young man, and uh, it's kind of nice to get back to our roots. And we have. Um, We've got a lot of salespeople that live in the downtown core. Plus, we have a lot of decision makers for a lot of our larger accounts are in the downtown area. And it's easier for them to deal with somebody that's close to them. Uh, when there's an issue or they want to discuss something, they can come over to the, the office or one of the sales guys can just pop over there. It just makes it a lot easier because Toronto is just like Atlanta or any other big metropolis in North America. It takes half a day to get, you know, from the suburbs or the outskirts into the downtown core. It's not like it was 20 or 30 years ago. So it just gives everybody right. a lot more mobility that is working downtown to deal with customers downtown and to get home. They're not spending hours in traffic. So cool. That's well, congratulations on that. What's that, Rico? Yeah, that, that, that's great news. I said, that's great news. Congratulations on that. Well, thank you. Um, we're looking forward to a lot of. What's that? We got somebody that's got their hand raised right away. Uh, and always wanting to make sure that we incorporate the participation of our listeners and callers. We'll jump on there and see if we see if we can help somebody out, see what their question is they got for us okay. today. We got Christopher calling in. Christopher, you're on live with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Hey, Rico, how are you doing, man? Uh, great, you, you, Chris. How about yourself? Yeah, man, I, I, I'm giving thanks. Giving thanks. But, Rico, I just want to touch on a few things that I'm going to come off the phone real quick. Um, I, I, am, I, am very, I am very moved. I've never heard it before on your show that you were pointing out some, um, some brokers taking advantage of drivers. And, and if you could repeat those MC numbers, I would love to use them to send them somewhere to make other people who don't listen to your program aware of these unscrupulous guys. So thank you, William, for doing that. The, the next thing um, that I'm concerned about, as I was telling your call screener, that there are some drivers, when I recommend them to your show, they, they, they want you to talk about some of the things that, um, that are affecting drivers. And one most important thing that I've found is um, this thing that is coming up, that these truck stops all over the country now um, start this reserve parking. Uh, there's a truck stop in Florida, I'm not going to call the name, but it has about maybe 20 or less parking spots, very tight, and these guys have um, reserve parking. I mean, I think it's ridiculous that drivers who have to pay so much for fuel have to pay for parking spots um, that is reserved 
which I don't think majority of the drivers want to have in a reserve parking spot. Uh, I want to pay for it, that is. I, I've asked a number of drivers, do you like the idea of having a reserve parking spot? And most of the drivers that I have interviewed have told me no. And secondly, not only that, but you have to pay to go inside in order to park. And I think this is just, it's high time somebody call these guys out, man. Well, let me give you the broker's numbers, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you that first, and we'll, and we'll kind of uh, come back around to the parking issue. Um, those brokers, the, the, Fresh, the very first one was Fresh Express Logistics. Their MC number the MC was 931-931-324. Excuse me, Rico, can you pause yeah. that? I don't know if you have it in front of you. Can you give the city that these companies are domiciled in just in case there's a, somebody with a similar name that they shouldn't have their I name tarnished? I don't. I don't have the uh, city that they're domiciled out of. I have only thing that I have on this report is their MC number. Okay. Now, like I said again, that was Fresh Express Logistics Inc. Nine. The MC number is nine three one three two four. They are the ones with the biggest amount that is outstanding as of this week. They have over $26,000 in non-payment complaints. Um, also, the second one was TMT Logistics or TMT Inc. Their MC number was 387-917. Uh, the last one that was on the list was Overland Express LLC. And their MC number was five one five seven nine zero. Got it. So, all right, great, great. Now, as far as the parking issue, and and it, it's probably my take on the whole situation is it's the American way. Unfortunately, um, people here in America they're going to find. Every company is going to find a way to try to maximize their profit, and 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 they're taking advantage of a lot of these truck stops are starting to take advantage of this whole parking situation. Um, unfortunately, in the business that we're in, uh, we don't have enough people that are that are uh, we we are not standing up for ourselves as far as as far as uh, our business is concerned. All of our costs seems to continually be going up, but the rates and everything that we're dealing with, if we're out here uh, still dealing on the spot market off, we don't have that. We have to find some type of way to try to insulate to protect ourselves from our business versus dealing and operating and uh, strictly primarily dealing with brokers. Um, when we reduce ourselves to that type of conundrum, then Unfortunately, we just get the scraps that are that are left on the table, and we don't have any way of. Um, it's really difficult to insulate yourself through the vol volatility of the market when dealing on the spot market. And and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say you know. Um, sometimes it's got to be an ends to an ends to a mean, and sometimes that uh, you know you have to deal on the spot market from time to time if that's the only thing that you got going on, but. We have to try to figure out some type of way to begin to build relationships to get those direct customers to where we can, they understand um, when you have that relationship, 
they can have, they have a better understanding of what it is to operate a business. But when you're dealing with a broker, it's, it's strictly a transactional situation. They really, they really, for lack of a better term, they really could just give a damn whether or not you stayed in business or not because they're looking for the cheapest, least expensive way to move a load. That's just how the game is played on the spot market. And right now, it's it's uh, unfortunately it's in the uh, brokers and the shippers' favor by moving freight on the spot market. But that's where you have to kind of build your business to, to build a value-added proposition to go out and market yourself to try to obtain some direct customers. So you can't you can't really begrudge the entrepreneurship of the truck stops for trying their best to. Uh, maximize their profit now. You know, uh, by by, and, and if you, there's a problem with it, you know, what I'm saying if enough people get upset about it, then they'll just start saying, okay, if they get organized and say, you know, well, we're not going to patronize your truck stop, and if that's the, if that's the majority of your uh, parking is going to be that way, you know, it, it's uh, it's a free market. So you know, what I'm saying the the power that we have. Is if you organize and you get enough people to say, okay, well, we're not going to patronize and do business and buy fuel from your particular truck stop. You know, the truck stops that are that are more uh, driver friendly and, and more driver have more driver amenities. You know, that's our right as well. You know, what I'm saying that's that's the only other thing that you have to insulate yourself from those situations and 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 to kind of go back to the whole situation of gaining your own customer. If you had your own customer and a little bit more control over your schedule then that also will put it puts yourself in a position where you can take more control of knowing actually where you might be having to park at and everything like that. So it's 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 not probably not the answer that you that you wanted to hear, but I, I think that from my perspective, um, you know, that's that's my opinion on the whole situation. Chuck, you got anything that you probably want to add Rico, to that I from, think you, from you know what being, you just hit a bullseye there, buddy. Um you know, you you hit everything on the head and the the operators that run from point A to point B and they know they're running from point A to point B and they have a predictable schedule because that's what they do. And you and I, uh, you know, we keep bantering this every time we talk about how important that is. And it's even more important now that the crunch is coming and the electronic logs are being, you know, they're, they're legislating that now um, in a short period of time, nobody's going to be using paper logs. So, if you are running the spot market and you don't plan for your uh, or pre-plan for your parking spot and you get into an area where, you know, you would think somewhere in the middle of Wyoming you should be able to get a parking spot, but you pull in there at 10 o'clock at night and there's nothing for miles and all of a sudden you're running, you know, you're running illegally, which you can't do anymore. So the, the other thing I wanted to add, and, and a while ago, I recognized this problem with parking, and I thought, well, why don't I get into the truck parking business, um, like for short term, like overnight parking? And I did a little bit of research, and this is going to surprise you, Chris. The average cost okay. to operate a, a a parking spot for a truck stop is twenty dollars a day. That's what it costs between having it maintained, swept, um, I guess the cost of renting or payments and everything else works out to $20 a day. So when I thought of getting attractive land somewhere, nobody's going to give me $20 a day. And if they did, that's all I would get. 
I'm not going to get 30, yeah. that's for sure, unless it's downtown Are New you, York. You guys you guys can hear me? Yep, we can hear you. Yes, sir. Oh, well, 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 $20 a day. Um, well, this truck stop that I just left, they are charging $15 to park overnight. $15 plus the reserve parking, no, $14 for reserve parking and $15 just to park overnight. That's what the charge is. And, and see, I think, I, I, think what, I think what one of the things, one of the phenomena that may, and just thinking out loud about the whole situation with the parking situation, and Chuck kind of got me thinking about it a little bit more. You know, with more and more of the big companies on electronic logs, and you and and, and that you got drivers that are having to to uh, be compliant on the electronic laws. They know exactly where they're going to be and when they're going to be there. Or you know, what I'm saying about what time approximating. So it works out for convenience for them because now you're not a, those guys are not in a situation to where they may be rolling into a place at uh, um, seven, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, ten o'clock in the evening. And, of course, you know, if you don't have a spot reserved, then pretty much at every truck stop, if you're not in there by 6.30, 7 o'clock, it, it may be slim to none on getting a parking spot. So And I get that. I get that. But what happened when everybody got e-logs? E what is going to happen? Well, what's going to happen it, is it, we're going to have even definitely, a shortage, Chris. Right. It's going to be a problem. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disputing the fact that it's, that it's a problem. I'm just saying that, you know, definitely you, you have to recognize it sounds like, you know, I, I pick up on your accent, so it sounds like you're from one of the islands yeah, somewhere. But, you know, coming I'm, to I'm a, from Jamaica, coming to the – Yes, sir. So, so so coming to America, of course, you know, hey, the, the American way is, is capitalism, and they're going to find, I, I, gonna I, find I, some I, kind I, of I, way. Rico, Rico. Rico, I love capitalism. Don't get me wrong, man. You might be surprised. You might be surprised, but I'm a Republican. So I, I, I would I, better yet say, let me say, I'm a, I'm a conservative. So I am for that. But I, what I don't like is the is the taking advantage. I, I feel that like these guys are taking advantage of this situation, man. Chris, That's they're really the not. They're they're asking, you know, and I, you know, I'm pretty neutral on this, but. Um, I got to tell you, I don't think they're taking advantage. They see a market opportunity. They're no different than right. you and Rico, and all of our listeners out there. Let me ask you something, Chris. You you run a truck. You have two customers. Yes, one that's going to pay you two dollars a mile, and one's going to pay you two forty a mile. Which one are you going to haul for? Oh, you know which one I'm going to work for, but there are <laughs> no different. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I've got to I've got to work for the one that give me the most money. But Rico, I heard you giving some statistics about Florida, one twenty six or one twenty five. I I don't know, Rico. I, I you know I know you're a good guy, man, and I've listened to you a lot. I don't know where you're getting those things from, but I'm telling you, Rico, I'm deadheading out of Florida. They're paying less than a dollar, less I, than I, I, ninety cents, less than ninety cents per mile. And I refuse to carry anybody load, 42, 40,000 pounds, to come up to Georgia with all that responsibility for less than a dollar a mile. I ain't doing it. I, I, I understand. I understand where you're coming from on that point, Christopher, but you also have to take into account and you have to take into mind that you know what it is when you go to Florida. You have to, under, you have to understand that when you go to Florida. You have to make a it's, – it's a business decision, you know, uh, 
put yourself in a position where you can, if you if you're going to come out of Florida deadhead, then you know what you're going to be up against. And if and if um, you're coming out of Florida, then you're not going to be deadhead, and then you you realize you're going to be coming out there for a little bit of a cheaper a cheaper price than what um, than what you may be willing to accept any other time. So it's it's not a um, you know like we just said before it's a, it's a whole free market thing. Nothing it, it is what it is at, at this point when you especially inside of Florida it just is what it is yeah, and we, it's not a whole lot as one as one truck that you're gonna be able to change that. Yeah, and Rico, the, the 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 that that's what you speak about the free market stuff is really on the brokers and I hear you talking about the brokers and all that. You know we most of us don't um, most of us it is very hard to find a shipper and to deal with the shipper um that's why you have so much of these brokers and these it's, brokers it's, that's not that that's 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 really it's, i gotta give you a little bit of pushback on that one chris it's, it's not that it's so hard to find a shipper it's that majority of the majority of independent uh truck drivers that have one or two between one and five trucks uh, I'm, I probably wouldn't even push it all the way up to five. I, I think the guys with your one and three trucks, a lot of them are not taking the time to go out there and actually knock on doors and do actual marketing. They are using the brokers for their sales force. And so the brokers are taking advantage of that opportunity, and they are the ones that are profiting from, you know, all of our profit is, is going in that broker's commission. So, you know, and that's not a bad thing. You can't begrudge the broker for going out there and doing it because he's the one that's out there beating the bushes, making it happen. What we have to do is discipline ourselves to say, okay, we got to get it together. We got to do what it takes to run a business and and go out there and knock on some doors. And, you know, and if we're unsuccessful on, on one segment, we have to find some kind of niche, some kind of value proposition if this is the, if this is the business that we're going to be in. You know, whether it means that we're going to switch to a different type of trailer, if we're going to switch to, uh, um, you know, a different type of service that we may be providing. You know, there's all different types of nuances. It's just up to us as business owners to figure out where to find that niche and how to fit uh, fit our value-added proposition into that yeah, so that we, we can make we, profit Rika, off Rika, I've been listening to you for a while, man, and I hear, I hear you saying that. But it's hard. I'm telling you. So I live... I live the same place where you are. I live in Atlanta. It's and it's, it's, it's but see, that's that's my point. That's my point, Chris. If it was easy, everybody would be doing. If it was easy, all right. I, I, everybody I, I tried. Would be doing. I'm, I, yeah, I tried, man. I'm, I'm telling you, a lot, not only me, but a lot of drivers are quitting. And, and, park it up. I, I can carry well, somewhere in California. I see one, right one of the things. There. One of the things that I think. One of the things that I think that that some independents need to do. Um, yeah. This is this is something that I've I've, I've had ideas about and been bouncing around and, and man I might need to take up some time and maybe try to put something like this together, but I think some people that live independents that live in the same demographic area in the same geographic you area come together. Some of those guys some some of those guys need to get together and say okay okay which one of all all of us is prepared that can learn how to do sales or something like that let's pool our resources let's do something to where. Okay, let's come under one umbrella because if we got five guys that, you know, if we got five, instead of five individuals, if we follow those five guys up and make a fist, then we can we can strike a mighty blow versus about one finger trying to strike a blow. You know, and, and it, gives you, it gives you more options. It gives you a greater flexibility. But it takes, uh, uh, 
that's going to take a lot of trust. That's going to take a lot of um, uh, 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 working out the maneuvers and the logistics and all that to put that together. And sometimes, and for the most part, you you get too many, you know, we get too many cooks in the kitchen and it's spoiled the spoil the dinner. So you know, everybody want to be the chief. Nobody want nobody want to be the foot soldier. So you know, those are the those are the dynamics that you're constantly going to be dealing with with something like that. But I think that. It's either that or you need to find a a company in the areas that is doing really good business that you might be able to partner with and do some stuff with a, a bigger company that you can be able to do some stuff with them and, and be able to get a, a halfway decent ways where you're not out here fighting and dealing with the, the, the hassles and everything that comes along with dealing with the broker. Uh, Rico, the next, the, next thing, the next thing is the insurance. When you get a group of drivers, like a group of 10 drivers, they, we cannot find any insurance to insure the, all the trucks. Sure they you can. not want to insure more than oh, one or two. Oh, 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 I disagree. Uh, this happens to be my area of expertise, and when you get 10 guys under one MC, all of a sudden, Chris, you become a fleet. And as a fleet, if as long as everybody has a decent safety rating and you put all the trucks all right. under one banner, the fleet okay. gets a discount on insurance compared to what – you would get for one truck. It's I, a substantial I, I, discount. I, I'm, a, I'm aware of that, but I've been looking for insurance who will who will get who will um insure more than one trucks. And before I even, before they even get to the safety ratings, they're, they're they're telling me that they're only taking one or two. Do you know why? They because, here's how it works, Chris. They don't want to uh-huh. insure a guy that's driving a truck and he has two other trucks. They're hesitant about that. But if you have, if you go to an insurance company and you say, we have 10 trucks, this is our business, there's 10 owners here, or we're a cooperative or whatever, and we're all in this together under one MC, and we have somebody designated as our safety person. Now, your first year may be a little bit expensive, but after that, because they want to see how you do, but a good insurance company will, will take a look and see who's driving, and you will get better insurance, trust me. All of these things, uh, well, you know, what Rico just said, um, it goes right down the line. Number one, you're going to get cheaper insurance. You're going to get cheaper tires. You're going to get cheaper fuel. You're going to be able to go into customers, and that's the big win here, and go into a, um, go into, you know, if you guys are all, let's say, uh, reefer haulers, you'll be able to go into a grocery chain or into a, a food processing plant, a chicken plant, whatever, and say, listen, we've got 10 trucks, and we want to service a four-state area, whatever it is. And I'm always preaching to you guys, don't try to be a 48-state carrier with a handful of trucks. It doesn't work. Your country's way too big. It doesn't work. doesn't work. Right. So keep it regional. This thing could work. Rico and I have spent a lot of time um, talking about this type of thing. Uh, for lack of a better word, I'm going to call it a cooperative. And I've already put my hand up here saying uh, once or twice or three times before with this group and some other groups saying if anybody wants to form a cooperative, I don't have time to run it or manage it, but I will give you my ideas and I'll give you my guidance free of charge. I think we might have to get that one. I'm sorry, go ahead. What was that, Chris? Uh, yeah, Rico, I was asking your guy if he has a direct number, I can call him direct and talk on that topic. Sure he can. Uh, 
388-4352. And the name is? Extension 203. Extension 203. And my name is Chuck. Okay. Chuck. Uh, yeah. Okay, Chuck. Chuck, you are a broker, right, Chuck? I'm a broker and a carrier, so I know how to sit at oh, both sides of the okay. table. Okay, Chuck. Well, um, well, I, I hope, I hope, I hope, because I'm telling you, it's, it's getting real bad. My truck broke down for, for three weeks. I just got back on the road, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm after be making some serious um, decisions in order to pay my bills. You know how Let that goes. Let me ask you a couple truck. questions, Chris. Where do you yes, run? Yes, sir. Where do you run? I run southeast, midwest. I, I don't got, um, I don't go northeast. I don't go northwest, and I don't go um, southwest. Well, how far a radius do you run from Atlanta? Uh, I, w- I will run up to Minnesota. I will run up to New York. I will run up to Arkansas, Oklahoma. Okay. Here's wh- and what do you pull, flatbed or uh, drive van or reefer? I, I, I love reefer. I don't think okay. I'm going to change from that. Okay, that's fine. Here's I'm going to make a suggestion, okay? I want you to yes, take sir. a look at your business. I don't know anything about you. I don't know anything about your business, okay? But I want you to cut this way down. I want you to pick an area, okay? Pick one area where you run and start concentrating on that area. If you want to get off of this uh, crazy merry-go-round, you've got to do this because if you don't stop, you're not going to get anywhere. You've got to make sudden changes. You know, the... Definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's right. <laughs> okay. So, I'm willing to learn, man. I'm, all right, willing, I'm willing to learn. You know. Yes, sir. Well, we're willing good to deal, Good deal. All right, Chris, we, we appreciate you. We're going to try to get to a couple more guys that's going to hold here. We appreciate the phone call. appreciate you taking time to listen to us here on the Racing Lane podcast. And let's see here. Chuck, we got Keith. That's been holding patiently for us, Keith. You're on with Rico and Luck. Hey, Rico and Chuck, how can we help? Yes, Rico and Chuck. I've got one comment about the paid for parking situation. That money is what's going to be used to expand the parking lots in these truck stops. We're we're complaining that there's not enough parking. Well, somebody's got to pay for it, and if they can make a profit by having more parking spaces, they will. If they can't make a profit having more parking spaces, why bother? Great point. Yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming from where, where potentially it could do that, but I just think that they're just adding to the bottom line because a lot of the things that I've been hearing, these and, and this is another problem. Um, this is why elections and stuff is so important, not not necessarily the national elections, but your local the local municipalities because from all the information that I've been hearing, it takes – damn near an act of Congress and you got to sell your firstborn to try to get a, to, to, to get the land to build new truck stops. It's it, so much red tape to even get a, a, a permit to get the, the stuff to be able to put brand new truck stops in, in certain areas. And that's some of the things that, uh, um, that some of the bigger truck stop companies have been fighting with that they, they want to open up uh because they see the opportunity that i believe that they, you know from everything that i've been hearing they want to open up more locations but they can't it, it, it's so much red tape to go through to get the front to get the uh 
process started to even be able to put one anywhere because everybody will, uh, most people well, it's not in my neighborhood, you know. <laughs> I don't yeah, want it. You're right. I want everything that the truck that, that, that the truck brings, but I don't want to deal with the the hassle of of what comes along with that. And and that's that's part of the um you know that's the the dichotomy that we deal with when um and and some of us we bring on ourselves because you know we used to have problems in parking in in some of the WalMarts and things of that nature, but you know we get one or two bad apples that are leave feces out in the parking lot and everything else, and and now no nobody wants y'all crazy ass truck drivers on the property. <laughs> yeah, it, so it, you know, you know we got a kind of like, problem. You're right. Yeah, so we just gotta we kind of kind of police ourselves, but unfortunately, you know, it's just like I say, I just think it's a a, a golden opportunity that these guys realize that they have, and and hey, who who can blame them for trying to take advantage of? It? Yeah, and and that is absolutely true. I mean, they're going to take advantage of it. You know, something's in short supply, you uh, demand a little bit of coin for it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's the American and way. Eventually, yeah, <laughs> and eventually, eventually it might be profitable enough in some places, some markets it won't happen. They'll open up a few more parking spaces. So, oh, we need it. Right. And and that's about that's, it. Yeah, and I, and I think, like I said, I think that it will behoove a lot of us just to really start trying to work a little bit more on gaining more customers and getting more control over our schedules. Uh, if we had one or two different customers and, and, and could get on a little bit of a, a better time schedule, then I think that we could probably alleviate uh, the majority of the whole little issue. And then if you're dealing with that situation, once you got a customer too, because you start to build those rapports with different people, when you go to a place a lot of times, they may traditionally may say, well, we don't allow any truck parking on the property. But once you start to build that relationship and they get to know you, well, hey, Keith, yeah, we, you're here every other day, man. Go on over there at the, at the end of the parking lot and, and grab your spot. Yeah, you know? Or go ahead and drop the trailer in the door and, 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 and you can go ahead and, you know, we'll, we'll come back in the morning and we got you loaded ready <laughs> I mean, you know, all the different nuances and benefits that come along with that relationship once you establish it is is can alleviate a lot of the the major little hassles that we're dealing with on, on uh, you know on that on that front. Yeah, and you're, so you're I gotta, exactly I gotta, right I gotta, on that. Anything else you want to add, Keith? No, no, that's all. You can. Uh... Enjoy a nice conversation with the next caller. Thanks. All right, Keith. Well, we appreciate you taking time. And Chuck, I got a question that came in from uh, Facebook. We was it was a little discussion going on a little earlier. Um, just going to throw this one out at you. Uh, a detention issue. How long should you wait when dealing with brokers? Back to that classic scenario. But if you're dealing with a broker. How long should you wait before um, being able to collect on your detention if you're having a detention issue? That's a real hard one, and I'll tell you why, because it's one of the things that we fight all the time on both sides, on the broker side and our carrier side. And the problem is that especially in the, uh, in the grocery industry and fresh uh, fruits and vegetables, um, 
Those places don't want to, the receivers don't want to pay uh, a nickel for detention, and the shippers don't want to pay for detention. And everybody's kind of caught in the middle. Um, our customers don't want to pay us. Uh, trucks want to get paid, and we just, uh, we cannot, and I don't think there's a broker in the world that can afford to start paying things out where he or she isn't being reimbursed. And, again, even if you have um, the grocery stores as your direct customers, they're not paying you for detention. Uh, God help you if you're five minutes late. But, you know, there's some grocery stores that will keep you waiting for 24 hours until they unload you because if their distribution centers don't need the broccoli that you've got on your wagon, uh, they won't touch you. And they expect the trucker to eat that. And the only help our industry has had at any time, there was a, a bit of bright light from uh, somebody down in the USA, a gentleman named Peter DeFazio, um, and I believe he's a uh, politician out of Oregon that brought this up right. about three years ago, and I was very impressed. But somehow his efforts were silenced. And we think as, as a broker and as a carrier, we think that people need to get paid for their time and and on the broker side we think they should get paid because you know trucks are trucks are in scarce demand sometimes and and we don't want people to get ticked off and leave the industry because that makes it harder for us to move freight and of course on the other side as a carrier we want to get paid for when we have to pay out our drivers when we have company drivers um, we have to pay even our owner operators. Um, if they are stuck somewhere, they get paid. That comes out of our, our end. So it's a real problem, but we have uh, the food industry does not want to recognize um, overtime or, or demurrage time. They just don't. And you know damn well with produce, what happens all the time is you get into a produce shed and either the freight's not ready or they tell you it is, and it's hot and it hasn't cooled down especially this time of year when um, they'll try to trick you and get you to load hot produce because they don't want to have the expense of cooling it down. And the driver has to have the wherewithal to make sure that he or she is pulping everything to make sure it's at temperature or else you end up with a clean and you work for free. And I've seen a lot of good little trucking companies, you know, that are one to three trucks end up bankrupt because they got a couple of big claims. Because they, you know, the driver... Don't take the one. Yeah. You know what? You cook a load of blueberries and, uh, my God, in season or strawberries, and, you know, chances are you're gone. Insurance does not cover right. stupidity. Right. So, you know, that's a, right. that's a part of a, that's part of a broader, uh, broader problem. But, yeah, the demurrage is, um, it's huge. And there's no way, um, if you're hauling food product... Uh, you know, unless you're running some sort of a pin-to-pin or you're, you've got it in your contract somehow, and usually that would be hauling from a D.C. to, to uh, the individual stores. That would be different. But if you're hauling into any of these distribution centers pretty much throughout the continent, um, good luck getting any type of demurrage time for your waiting. Yeah, unfortunately, like I say, that that's that's if you, especially when you don't have when you're dealing with the broker and everything else, because the broker doesn't want to risk going back and pissing off a good paying customer 
um, with the hassle of dealing with the whole um, detention issue, even though See, you may be right on that. It's not even uh, it's not even upsetting the customer. They just won't honor it. They don't recognize it, and it doesn't matter whether um, whether you're hauling for that grocery store directly. If you're hauling into their distribution uh, centers in the United States or Canada, and they keep you longer than two or three hours, um, it's too bad. And wow. that's where we need some sort of a political uh, strong arm like Peter DeFazio. To, and I hope somebody from Oregon is listening that knows him, and if so, say that he was on the right track. Or she was seeing you. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. Um, yes, sir. I'm still with you. Don't don't know exactly what happened with that whole situation. Um, they have to look back into that, see if I can find any information out about that. But uh, uh, I tell you what, yeah, Chuck. Shut down. The time is really just blown by. We got about ten minutes left in the entire show. If anybody got any questions or anything they want to get in before we check out of here, go ahead. Now's the perfect time to do it. We got open lines available for you, um, so you can go ahead and press the number one, and we'll get you screened in, and we'll uh, come right to you. But uh, while we're waiting on somebody, if we want if somebody wants to get in, um, you want to maybe give out your contact information one more time, Chuck, and, and tell some people sure. how they can get in contact with you and, uh, they can and what email you guys. At, uh, yep, they can email Chuck. C-H-U-C-K at traffics, T-R-A-F-F-I-X dot. And they can call me at 800-388-4352. My extension is 203. Leave a message if you get my voicemail. I call everybody back. That is absolutely true, and you normally don't be surprised if you call and you get right through to Chuck because he does answer his phone and everything. And like I said, uh, you know, I probably didn't get a chance to do it because we've gotten a little bit too comfortable. Maybe sometimes we have to, I have to remind myself to uh, let everyone know about you guys, Chuck. You know, Chuck, all the, you know, of course, Chuck is CEO of Traffics. Like he said earlier, he is a uh, they own uh, they carrier base, but also brokerage. So if you have an opportunity, uh, a friend in the business, give Chuck a call. You may have some lows in your area where you are or whatever if you're out there, and and they are very good, uh, very fair with negotiating with you on the race and everything. I pulled a couple of lows uh, from Chuck and those guys up there, and they've done, done very good by me. Uh, I was I was very happy with the uh, rate that we received, and they didn't even know that me and Chuck had a relationship, so so that was a good thing. So that's quality uh, quality control right there. So we try. And uh, doing a little bit of uh, housekeeping while we're at it, see if we, if we get somebody here within the next few minutes. But we want to just remind everybody about the Audio Road Network. Uh, we got Kenny Long, his show, Trucking with Authority, comes on every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Of course, we are here on Wednesday evenings with the Race and Lanes podcast, a new addition to the family, Rick and Melissa Graham, Trucking 101. Their show comes on Saturday evenings at 8 p.m. Uh, they just did their very first Maiden Voyage podcast this past Saturday. Uh, and on Sunday evenings, we got Mike and Kevin Beckett doing the Rolling Toe Show. This all about um, 
all about tires, alignment, any kind of issues that you're having with your tires, probably not a better guy in the business that can help you out with any situation that you may be having, troubleshooting what's going on with your alignment issues and your tire issues on your truck. And uh, just to go back, double back around to Rick and Melissa Graham's show, Trucking 101, the premise of their podcast is about all about surviving your first year in trucking. Um, Rick and Melissa are, I think that they are still Landstar BCOs. Uh, they do an excellent job, so you can get gain some great information and knowledge from those guys as well. Just a, another resource to put into your toolbox to glean information to kind of help you in your business get it on a, on a, on the right track. And we do have one more caller that's calling in. We want to grab him real quick. Let's jump over and grab Ray real quickly. Ray, you're on with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Hey, Ray. Hey, Rico. How you doing? This is Ray. I'm well, Ray. Uh, we got Chuck on the line as well. Say hi to Chuck. Hello, Ray. Hi, Chuck. I was wondering what Chuck's role – I'm new to the show, so I don't really understand. I'm trying to understand. What is Chuck's role? He's a uh, an advisor or – but my role here or my role uh, from uh, at on work? The, well, on the radio program and 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 yes, what what can you here explain I'm yourself a, guest. a little bit? Uh, well, uh, what I do here, I've been in the business since 1974 as a, a driver, an owner operator, and a, a fleet owner and a broker. So I've pretty much seen everything there is. And uh, and Rico has me on as a guest every so often, once or sometimes even twice a month. And I just lend my two cents in for uh, people that need advice on things I may know about. Oh, I understand. Well, thank you for your help since 1974. <laughs> well, thank you. My, you know, this business has been, uh, the industry's just been phenomenal to me and to my family, and it gives me a chance to give back to an industry that's given us so much. Okay, so you're not necessarily a broker then. Oh, I am. You are, yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> the guys, the guys are saying, "Oh, well, he he uh, he had a great load that paid good," and I was just trying to figure out if this is something that uh, I should be looking more into. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely, yeah. If you if you get a chance to get, you know, because um, I don't know, um, you you get if you happen to see uh, traffic that the name of Chuck's company is Traffic. If you happen to see them on a the load board with a different load or something in your area, you definitely want to reach out and give them a call. And and because, you know, like I said, Chuck is a friend in the business, friend of the show, and uh, he, he is very hands-on, very approachable. Now, that not necessarily mean that you're going to actually be dealing with Chuck himself when, you, when you're negotiating on the load because I sure didn't. I, I dealt with whomever it was that he has in his in his uh, brokerage and dispatch department. But, I, but you know, it, I, I did it from the standpoint of when I first saw it, and I said, hey, traffic's got a load on the load board, and I was looking for a load. Let me call and, and just, you know, just do a little quality control and see what these guys are all about. And and like I said, I got a very, very, um, very good rate when we dealt with them. Uh, it was very fair, very reasonable, and and uh, and, and paid quickly, and which is always a good thing. <laughs> Does Chuck work with the lease operators at all? Yeah, sure. Uh, do you have your own authority, or are you under somebody else's? I'm a lease operator. Okay, well, I would have to bill the company that holds the insurance and authority. 
Um, I understand. That's why I would have that, to pay. Okay, great. Is it possible I can get your number one more time while I got you on, yep. please, Chuck? It's 800-388-4352, extension 203. Okay, sounds great. Well, that's what so I Where do you run, about. Ray? Uh, I predominantly run the East Coast from uh, Georgia on up to New England. Okay, I get loads. What do you have, flatbed or van or what? I got flat and uh, low pro, st- uh, low boy. Okay, because I get a fair bit of freight going from uh, Piedmont, South Carolina, going up towards okay. Maine. Okay. And it pays pretty good. All the way up to beautiful Maine. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. Does that what, what trailer does that require? Uh, I get some van freight, and I get some step freight, and I get some um, I get uh, some flatbed freight. I get some I expedited stuff. I get a whole bunch of stuff. It's never the same two days in a row. Is South Carolina getting more busy due to the? Panama Canal expansion? I think it's helping. I really do. Um, this it's, freight, yeah, it's helping out a little bit because they they, they built uh, they are building an inland uh, I'm sorry, inland port right there outside of Greer, South Carolina, right up there near the BMW um, the BMW uh, plant. They're building a, a inland, a inland uh, port up that way. So it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely going to be seeing a, a, a good bit more. Of uh, freight coming off the ships and, and steam steam lines and railroads is going to start to increase tremendously up there in that area. Okay, okay, great. I will be in contact. I appreciate you guys. I like your show. Thank you. All right, Ray, we're going to put you back on hold and really quickly before we get out of here. Good friend of the show, also George Heck. How are you doing, George? Hey, Rico, talk to me more about these relationship things. That really helps in this industry? <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, hell, I think you might have wrote a book on it. We might need <laughs> I don't, you know, you know, Rico, I mean, as my friend on the West Coast calls it, I'm, I'm the 20-year overnight success. Um, I feel very fortunate. And, Chuck, you, you said a couple things just prior to me getting disconnected um, from earlier, but this industry – has been very good to my family also. And next Tuesday will be four years since I filed the DBA for our company, you know, and then since we've incorporated um, this year or actually late last year and the second truck, I now have my sixth trailer. And not to, you know, behoove or get on anyone that's out there about this with the brokers, but I've never had over 2% broker business, and I'm honestly very proud to say this year I have none. Uh, not to say in the next four and a half months something may not click, but, you know, brokers are contacting me for things that I can do, and more than likely they're coming to me saying, George, this is up to your alley. Take care of them. You know, and they, I don't even do it through them because they just don't want that side of things. But I am targeting more of the unique side, and, and now this year what really took off, or I should say started last year, was the dedicated logistics. I mean, I'm doing power only, if you want to call it that, for – for an account, and that's what one truck is dedicated to. But it's only, you know, because of my relationship with them. And I knocked out a multi-million dollar a year broker that pretty much handled all this freight, and they came to me about saying, can you put on another truck and just take care of our needs? And it's working out very well. I mean, you know, 
we have a lot of things going on. I mean, you know, I, I'm not saying I don't sometimes see some tough times and difficult times, but I see exciting times where, you know, my wife and I have just, you know, Kim and I have just sold our house and have a contract on another piece of property with a barn, a newer house, eight acres or eight and a half acres. I mean, that doesn't come without hard work. Well, you know, like the first gentleman, you know, it's hard. Yeah, it's damn hard. Yes, you're going to get damn doors slammed in your face. Get used to it. But remember, every so often, one's going to open. And that's going to be so worthwhile. But it doesn't happen in one month, one week, six months. It doesn't happen in a year. It takes time. And people don't want to give that time. Got to start the process. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, like I said, this, I I mean, to think where, you know, I just went through and ran my numbers for my year to date. To think where I will be as of Friday, I would have never thought of this four years ago. Four years ago, I was about this time booking a flight to go out to Denver to bobtail in the tractor I bought back to the CMC. I stopped in Salina, Kansas, put $500 worth of fuel in the truck, called my wife saying this was going to hurt. I don't know if bobtailed <laughs> back from the CMC and, you know what, and, and put things together. But, you know, one thing I will say, it would not have happened without the support of my wife pushing on me, you know, and, and helping me guide. And, yes, Kim does have a full-time job now. And, you know, but it, this is a family effort. I mean, I have a son that gets more and more involved in it. And, you know, you, you've got to surround yourself with the right people. And, you know, the work is out there. This is a great industry to make phenomenal money in. It really is. And, and it's, I don't know what more to say. Rico, you and I, you know, we really need to get together and maybe we can chat more and I'll, I'll try to get on and get a little more time. But I've just been so busy with stuff and, you know, sometimes the evening rolls around, and I just want to sit on the deck and drink wine with my wife. I'm not mad at that. No. <laughs> you know, but really, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I can't stress enough. And, and I, you know, there's a couple people out there that I, you know, that have come to me and say, well, what do you mean? Because, yeah, I, I can I can be a jerk about things. I'm not going to dispute that. But there have been I will say not even one handful of people that have contacted me have had the ability to think out of the box and do this, and not one of them or every one of them has achieved success with their direct accounts. And I'm very honored and proud to say that, you know, I was able to help them with that. But they listen and they go out and do it. This industry, these customers are yearning for good service in this industry. It's so lacking. It, it, and we just got we have to we we the, the the thing that we have to do is we got to come out of our comfort zone because even I'm, even myself I, I I have to admit that sometimes I'm I'm guilty of it you know you get complacent and you don't want to you 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 know you get the the palms get sweaty and everything else and you don't want to do what it takes to do what needs to be done but you have to do what you 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 have to force yourself to come out of it comfort zone to go push because if not you're never going to uh the magic never happens if you're not out of the comfort zone you got to come out of that comfort zone because and growth never me, takes after place 20 there. years of but after even after 20 years of myself doing this still happens to me you're right. sometimes just not in the mood and you you know it, it's but it's tough but i mean you know really i mean this year is just you know, doing very well, yet 
you know, as I mentioned to you in the past, I've left most all of the trucking-related groups just because I'm just tired of listening to a bunch of people cry and complain about, you know, oh, my God, it's so hard. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's difficult. Well, deal with it or find something else to do. Go, Go work for somebody else. Become a company driver so you don't have those headaches. But, you know, there's too many people out right. here that are just going out, dying and to that, get a and, and, and that's the thing. That's that the thing that, nit- yeah. what, you, what you said right there, that's the thing that we have to, especially us independent people, that's the thing that we have to make sure that we keep right in front of our noses. We chose to do this. Now, whether or not we knew what the hell we were getting into when we signed up for it, that may be one thing. That may be a totally different animal. But in order to stay where you are and and to be the master of your own destiny, you gotta be willing to do what nobody else is willing to do, and make the choices and pay the. You know what I'm saying? That's this is that's part of the old saying: paying the cost to be the boss. Um, and unfortunately, a, a lot of us have become so comfortable. And Chuck has dropped off. Chuck, I don't. It's his. Uh, he might be in a bad area. But it's, he dropped off. We're pretty much at the end of the show anyway. But I, but you know, to finish that point, you know, we we just gotta we have to um, just realize why it is that we got into this, and you know, and, and keep that in the the very forefront of our mind. Because if you if everybody could do it, then they would be. And you're not an employee. You're not a company driver. You if you're a business owner, you have to do what business owners do, do, and that's go out and create sales. Nobody else is responsible yes. for that but you. And sometimes that's the big hairy, audacious monster that a lot of us that, 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 that a lot of us are scared of. That's the boogeyman up under, up under the bed that, that we don't want to look up under, underneath there to see, what, see if there's really something there or not. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, I mean, like, like I was saying, I mean, I see people – you know, posting that they want to buy a truck and they want to have a driver that'll, you know, work off payments. They don't have any credit, don't have any money. Go get a company right. job. These LTL companies out there are right. hiring left and right, good employees, no problem out out the gate, making 50, 60 grand a year with full benefits. And yet they still want to buy, you know, an older truck and then, you know, they can't figure out how to play, pay for fuel and then they take a trip in vans then they blow fuel or blow tire and don't know how to pay for it. Figure it out. You know, get out there, get in a good situation, save some money, buy your equipment. No true words have been spoken, my friend. No true words have been spoken. George, I appreciate you calling in and, and, and chiming in here with us at the, here at the end of the show. Man, I definitely, definitely appreciate it. And like you said, we definitely got to hook up. I think I may be. Uh, I gotta check my schedule, but I think I may be having something that's gonna might bring me through those neck of the woods up that way. Uh, please don't tell me next week because I'm gonna be on vacation on the Atlantic Ocean in North Carolina next week. Well, you're gonna be in my neck of the woods. Well, yeah, you know that that may be, but let's um, yeah, let let's talk and see. I mean, I'm gonna be down. Well, I'll be running down 95 in September, it looks like, down to West Palm Beach. But, you know, we, we, we definitely need to catch up. We spent too much time talking and haven't even met yet. And, uh, you know, it would be an honor to me, Rico. You do a nice job, and you do a great service to this industry. Keep it up. The honor and pleasure would be mine, my friend. We appreciate it again. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Race and Lanes 
Podcast. I have been your gracious host, Rico Muhammad, signing off from here in Augusta, Georgia. For Kevin and Lisa Rutherford and the entire Less Truck team, we want to thank you guys for taking time out of your busy schedule. God bless you. Good night. Stay safe out there, everybody. And master the journey, as Kevin Rutherford always says. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.